My name is Spencer Thutt, and you're listening to The Voice Podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome to the October edition of The Voice Podcast. We're midway through the second quarter, the fall air is gorgeous, and the Royals just won the World Series. We've got a fun show for you today, some good interviews, and I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoyed recording them. Here to talk to us about their senioritis article in the October issue are Shana Desai and Gunjan Gore. After that, we'll hear from Alice Rowland and James Parkinson, our own Calvin and Hobbes, to get their in-depth thoughts on the disparity between the popularity of men's and women's sports. First up, senioritis. It's only second quarter, and I think I'm managing to stay clear of it so far. To assist me in that endeavor and get their perspective on the matter, I talked to writers and fellow seniors Shana Desai and Gunjan Gore, along with voice co-editor-in-chief Megan Shi. I'm joined now by Gunjan Gore, Shana Desai, and uh, voice editor Megan Shi. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hey guys, no, it's okay. All right. Uh, for, so for this issue of The Voice, uh, Shana and Gunjan both wrote about senioritis. <laughs> A very common thing. Well, where did you guys get the idea first off for voice art for the idea? Were you just fishing for ideas? Thought it seemed like a good thing. Yeah, I think it was Elizabeth Gerson who was fishing for ideas mm-hmm. and thought this is something that affects a lot of our class. So why not write about it? Yeah. Any particular reason you guys chose to do this and not something else? I thought it was the most interesting of the ideas, and Dr. Clothier elaborated on it for a real long time, and like wanted us to reach out to other people instead of just like writing a generic article, which I think helped. I think that's a good idea. So who, who did you guys talk to for people who haven't actually read the article? Um, we talked to a lot of the class of 2015, so like Dakota Van Dersen, mm-hmm. Lizzie Whitney, Grace McPhee. I talked to my brother, who graduated in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then we talked to a lot of teachers and got their opinions. Uh, so from either from teachers who have been here for a while or from uh, those, you know, that, that's a fairly decent gap, that five years. Uh, did you do you think you got different answers from the people who had graduated more recently, or you know from the teachers who had like who have seen senior slide over many many years? Do you think there was any big changes between the senior slide now and the senior slide back in the day? Not particularly, no. We because your brother gave the same answers basically as the class of two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is basically you'll you'll still be fine if you slide <laughs> in your second semester of senior year. Mrs. Lacey did notice, like, a more sense of entitlement to it what, over, like, like recently. What do you think that is? Do you think that's, like, the, like, it coincides with the general millennial idea that seems to be, resurf- like, surfacing in the culture now? Like, just people in general are I more mean, entitled? yeah. It, it's part of our culture, just more and more in the modern American culture that we're entitled to certain things, and we see that show up a lot. Um... Oh. In the, in the case of the senior slide, what do you think that entitlement to is? Like, what are we entitled you to? You deserve to not work. Uh, we, we deserve to just take a break is how we feel. Yeah. Like, after working for however many years, like, they think they're entitled to be able to slide once they're into college because it, quote, doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. W- would you argue that it does matter, or do you agree? Well... <laughs> like personally, I'll probably slide a couple percent. In my <laughs> a a couple percent? I'd say like four <laughs> percent at least. Um, I think the fact that you're, you've done the math indicates that you'll probably be pretty okay. Yeah, I'll be fine. It, I don't know. I feel like rarely people don't 
drastically slide. Like A's and, and B students aren't gonna start like failing. They'd, they'll just be like, oh, screw this homework assignment, or like, it doesn't matter, but they're not gonna completely stop trying. Though Mrs. Barnett made a really good point that was basically, she said, fine, your grades may slide, but your attitude should not. So, like, I completely agree with that, and mm -hmm. you shouldn't disrespect the teachers. We're still putting a lot of time and a lot of effort in to teach you. So, I mean, sure, don't turn in all the homework, but, you know... Try in class. Show up to class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the teachers also mentioned that, like, you're never done learning. It's not like you graduate high school and you're just, like, done mm -hmm. once you get into college. So that was another thing. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point because if you think about it, the learning in general is what school is about, right? And so I started thinking, okay, what makes the difference between learning pre-getting in college and learning post-getting into college? Obviously, it's you've gotten into college, right? I think you guys, you guys made this point in your article where students should still try after that point because the general larger point is learning, mm -hmm. which made me wonder, do you think there's anything teachers could do to, and obviously this isn't really their responsibility, but do you think there's anything they could do to adjust their curriculum or teaching style to maybe encourage students to stay engaged even though it, quote, doesn't matter anymore? I mean, for certain classes, like we got Mrs. Lacey, who teaches AP Latin, and Mrs. Barnett, who teaches AP Bio, and you can't, you just can't change the curriculum for those if you want your students to do well on the exam. Right, for an AP so, course. So, for an AP course, mm -hmm. yeah. Because teachers have the pressure to have their students get good scores, and it's frustrating for them when they stop trying. Uh, personally, in each of your cases, and Megan, I'll include you in this question as well, do you guys have any strategies that you are employing or planning on employing to prevent your own personal slides? Because I know that it's not something I want to do. Like, I, I objectively like think that staying on top of my academics is a good thing. I also know in my heart of hearts that if I am not careful, good lord, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So do you guys have any preventative strategies that you're thinking of employing? Prevent? I haven't, I, you know, I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it's just like how short-term satisfaction will eventually bite you in the back. So Just kind of like a, keeping yeah. that in the front of your mind. Mm -hmm. Like a personal motivation thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't feel the need. I don't know how many other people are like this, but I feel like I just won't let myself slide. Mm -hmm. I just am too uh, stuck in the sort of mentality that grades and <laughs> you're, scores. You're in the habit at this point. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're worn out. It won't but... be too hard, I feel, to just continue. Right. Especially because, I mean, I imagine the workload will get a bit lighter, especially then, since probably the majority yeah. of what all of us are doing right mm -hmm. now is college application stuff. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, do you have any, besides yourselves personally, do you have any general advice you would give, like, say, me? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it's a big task, but stick with me here. Like, college theoretically continues what you do in high school, so, like, and, like, in college you don't have, like, they're dedicated teachers, but there's more of, like, a self-taught sort of situation, so I feel like you'd rather learn whatever you can now while you're in high school than, like, putting it off college. I think it's a good point. You don't want to start out your first year of college just like, and eh, I don't remember anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, if you do well on APs, you can get out of some classes. I would say maybe a general theme for answers here, at least from what I can tell from you guys, is it's not even a matter of doing good work or not. It's just a matter of being checked in at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever we do, it's important to stay at least conscious of the fact that there is still school going on and that even if we're not doing the best work we've ever done, we should still be present. Sort of Agreed. like a final lap. <laughs> final like, lap. Make it your best. I like it. All right, what? 
thank you guys. Thanks for taking the time to talk Thanks, to me. Spencer. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you. I don't care what you call it. Now, you're right. I don't care about labels. I'm not saying, I'm trying not, I'm trying to get less things to think about. For October's installment of their Calvin and Hobbes column, James Parkerson and Alice Rowland discussed the popularity gap between men and women's sports, both at PHS and at the professional level. Curious to hear some face-to-face discussion on the matter, I asked them to chat with me about it. James made an important point, I think, when he said that girls aren't the only one who get the short end of the stick in terms of attendance. He mentioned cross-country as an example. We have Evan Peterson at our school, who's one of the best runners in the state, and outside of parents uh, and siblings, I don't think I remember a single person coming to a single cross-country meet. I don't, I don't think we've ever had a student spectator for cross-country. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, they're usually pretty far away. Yeah, I mean, even, I think the closest meet we've ever had might be like 30, 30 minutes away. No, but to be fair, but I think that brings up an important point, which is that the main distinction between girls and boys' sports attendance tends to be convenience. Yeah. Like, Friday nights, like they, they, they get the prime slot for games, footballs, football guys do. Yeah, I, I talk about that because, you know, especially with football, they're given the best possible time yeah. for somebody to come out. It's a Friday night, and, you know, that's convenient for everybody. For a lot of other sports, it's either far away, so it's just mm-hmm. inconvenient to go out. And field, field hockey gets the immediate thing if it's at the other campus, yeah. so you have to go there. Yeah. Or it's, like, during the week, and nobody's really too psyched to go to, like, a Wednesday night game. Right. Yeah. Um, that just makes it difficult for people to attend. I, I agree. Yeah. Do you think there's... Alice, do you think there's a way to manage that better? Do you think there's a way to... Because, I mean, it's... I, I would... F- I imagine you would find it hard to talk the sports department out of changing Friday night yeah, football games. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think it's always a matter of convenience, but then we look at girls tennis Mm -hmm. and they have a game on Thursday and Friday and they're just up the field, just up the hill, Mm -hmm. um, and literally closer to our cars, (laughs) first the seniors. So most of them, most of the sports are like cross country and golf are like a ways away in swimming. But, um, I think that the, I, and I talked about this because f- women's athletics are already put, like, they're not given the prime spots. They're not given prime, like, network access. And so just the fact that you have to go to a separate channel to watch women's basketball. I mean, everybody says that women's basketball is, like, the worst sport to watch because they're I mean, so terrible. It is. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> but just, like, yeah, it's just women's yeah. basketball is just not fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't mean, watch okay, it. Okay, let me put it in perspective. <laughs> When I was in eighth grade and on basketball team, we had a scrimmage against the varsity girls team okay. in high school, yeah. and we won. So okay. middle school boys <laughs> beat high school girls. There's a big difference in the ability for basketball, and, I mean, it's just it's not as fun to watch. Yeah, sure, really. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you doing set there, but also that's a pretty small sample size. Yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's, that's true. Cool. I would argue that professional women's basketball is... <laughs> It's they're they're very yeah they're they, they still have to be at the top of their game they're top of their game but say if you were to play like woman like professionals against men it's a big difference like everybody's right. made a big hype about like Brittany Griner being able to dunk mm-hmm. and she's like like six foot ten or something and then you have like guys that are in like the seventh grade that can dunk you see these like highlight reels on the internet but I mean I think that's just kind of specific to basketball mm-hmm. I mean when it goes to sport like swimming. You're not going to see, like, a big, like, 
nobody's going to watch like for me I watch women and men swimming because it doesn't make a big difference the ability gap doesn't affect the performance of the sport as much the skill is relatively the same in terms of like technique that's an important clarification to make actually Uh, do you think the difference between men and women's sport is a matter of skill or a matter of biology um like, like, what do you like? I like, just, I like just how, mean, like, how will they play at it? Well, I, I think, I think that's an interesting discussion to have. Which is, I mean, just if you want to look at it evolutionarily, males are traditionally hunter, the hunters, the protectors, yada yada yada. And, and but even as we come into a bit of a more modern society, it's just still in our genes. For guys are generally stronger, guys are generally taller. But do you think in sports it's ability, or do you think it's just the fact that they tend to be bigger and more athletic? I think for sports like running where the ideal runner, somebody that has, like, small hips, and um, it's difficult for women to compete with men Mm -hmm. when biologically they have larger hips. Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes a difference. But then, I mean, let's let's just go to, like, something like UFC fighting, where Ronda Rousey is incredibly popular, Mm -hmm. and really that doesn't make a difference. And I think, I mean, for something like fighting, it seems a lot of it is technique-based, and so, I mean, there isn't really a big discrepancy in, um, between, like, women and men. All right. Fair so. enough. Uh, Alice? I agree with what James just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, this is what I'm here for. Moderation. Yes. yes I agree. We're going to find some reconciliation. Uh, Alice, what do you think uh, the biggest draw for women's sports is, like, for you personally? Like, what, what do you, why do you think it's a bit, it gets, how should I phrase this? Why do you think it's a diamond in the rough? It doesn't get as much attention as it deserves. Well, um, I, when I was thinking about what to write, I don't, I didn't want to talk about the, I don't under, I, I think there are biological components and Mm -hmm. I think there are also just historical components. For sure. So like women not being able to compete in most sports for Mm -hmm. a long period of history, um, and but I really realized how much the aesthetic is concerned in women's sports, whereas in male sports the aesthetic is kind of ignored. Like um, like the Seb Blatter quote about how he wants women in tighter shorts, and I mean Seb Blatter is the most extreme form of like he's obviously going to be the most sexist. Per, like he, I don't know how you can get worse an, than him. It's an extreme, but it still does yeah. represent a current that exists yeah. in sports. I yeah. Agree. Um, so like, the girls' field hockey team, like, they don't they wear skirts. Mm-hmm. Like the um, cheerleader. I mean, the cheerleaders wear skirts, but that's pretty. Like, um, that's a topic into itself. I think. Yeah. Um, the tennis team wears dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, the like, it's this. They have to make sure that they're maintaining their femininity. Would you do you think it would be preferable for uh them to just have the same uniforms as the guys or at least you know less feminine uniforms as you put it? Well, I think, think that it makes a difference. I think it I don't know if it'll make a difference in the quality of their sport. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to make them a better player, mm-hmm. but it's just the idea that in women's tennis and in male and men's tennis you have to have this difference in clothing. Mm-hmm. Um and they're like it already signifies a like, like I don't know, an inferiority kind of. Um, sure. So at the very least, the, a, some kind of mark that it's different. Yeah, like it has to be, 
And with that kind of difference, it's like the sports aren't going to be equal. So they're not even given a chance to be equal in that kind of respect. I mean, other than the whole biological thing, like we can do a better job of, I mean, maybe have a girls sports game on a Friday night administration. (laughs) I mean, there's like soccer, there's girls soccer games on Friday nights. That's true. Sometimes. But in terms of like, I mean, it's, if you're trying to say like we have to move football games, I I don't ever like, it's never going to happen that you're going to have like a football game. We're going to move this to, uh, we're going to move this earlier up so that uh, (laughs) field hockey has prime time spot in the big field. I just, I don't see that happening because also it's a matter of like, there's going to be more, just more people want to watch football. More people know what football is. They know how the game works. That is fair. I I can't say I've ever seen a game of field hockey. Yeah. I I went to the field hockey scene, right? (laughs) <laughs> they were awesome. I mean, I just don't know anything. I don't know the rules. It's It'd be hard for me to really enjoy watching it when I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I think that brings a, an interesting idea. What if we just, like, started a girls' football team? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be opposed watching girls play football. I mean, I'm, I, I've never seen be girls play football. I mean, pa- well, there's there's powder puff football, powder right? Puff yeah, if it's not called powder puff, I'm <laughs> yeah, fine with that's, it. That's kinda, Automatically, by calling it powder right. puff, it's. It can just be football. Right. It doesn't, I mean, you know. I mean, honestly, the thing about that is, just, I think it would be actually a really, really cool idea. But the infrastructure doesn't exist. We would have no one to play against ever. Yeah. But I, I mean, are there? Would this be like a tackle, like a girls' like tackle football team? I mean, why not? Right? Yeah. I mean, but if like there's interest. Many- is there interest? I'm not, I'm not saying there is or there but, isn't. Um, I don't know. I haven't done survey. I'm pretty sure there's like professional women. There's well, actually, there's there. I think there's like a professional tackle league, yeah. and there's also like the the lingerie oh, league. Jesus. That's that's not. That's oh yeah, going back to clothing, yeah, we can talk about the lingerie league. So I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that I'm I'm imagining that the lingerie. Football league's probably more popular than the regular, like, tackle football and, league. And so, I mean, that it does kind of show that there is... That I wish I included that. Uh, the clothing, clothing does play um, an issue for... It is an issue for women's sports. I mean, let's look at, like, like basketball. Like I said, women's basketball's not, right. not um, popular. And they wear the exact same stuff as... Sure, men, but I don't do. think that's the primary. It's not the primary, but it does play... And then also, like... Women's soccer has gained a pretty good following. I, I think women's soccer is an important thing to talk about because, I mean, especially in recent years, a lot more success than the men's U.S. soccer yeah. team. And they've, yeah. they've gained a lot That's of, sure. like, a lot of people. Like, I, I watched all the women's soccer games. Yeah, they, they, I, got it's fun to watch. Yeah. I, went, I went to a trivia night and watched a table of Rockhurst boys name the entire scene <laughs> team in succession. It's like, all right, fair enough. Okay. okay. Something's happening. Yeah, there. I think with the, with the whole Women's World Cup thing, it was... It was exciting to see how many people were excited about it because, let alone soccer being a big deal in the yeah. United States, already, women's already soccer. Already not a huge sport. Exactly. Like, it was very exciting. But then, like, you hear the whole controversy about turf fields right. and how women are being put on these fields because they're cheaper. Right. And, and yeah. like, FIFA is not willing. I mean, they weren't, like, willing to spend the money on the women's. So it was just kind of a – and I hope now – with the obvious, like, change. I, this sounds like I'm just attacking said bladder, but... But um, I, think, I think now that the U.S. sees that the women's, how popular women's soccer was and everything, I think that hopefully will garner some change. I mean, when I, when I talked about, like, 
people don't want to watch women's sports because there's like a difference in skill. I, for me, when I'm watching like basketball, I can. There's a big difference it's between, visible. but like women, women's soccer, I can't really tell. Like watching women's soccer, men's soccer looks pretty much the same. They're still, me. still incredible. Yeah, players. they're still really good, and it's fun to watch. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's just basketball for that really applies to, mm-hmm. but for other sports, I don't really see it as much. All right, in terms of. I think we'll leave it with the last thing. I think I think you have different perspectives, and I think you have different priorities on the matter. But I think you, you like find need some common ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, I don't think either of you are saying women's sports are bad. So I think with that in mind, James uh, at Pembroke Hill, and, and but also in the world in general, uh, if there was one thing that you would personally change to make women's sports give them a better shot, what do you think that would be for you? The most important thing. Give them the better shot. If if you had to make a change that you thought would make women's sports more popular, either at Pembroke or world at large, what would that be? Making them more popular definitely would be just TV coverage. I mean, that would be the most obvious thing. Um, And then also, yeah, just like terms of like ESPN, um, I think probably they're usually uh, relegated to like ESPN2 or one of these smaller uh, networks, and then even on, like, their their website, I'm pretty sure you have, like, for ESPN, they'll list, like, all the sports, like, like NFL, like, NBA, like, men's soccer, and then maybe in, like, a click-down bar, you have, like, wo- the women's sports. So they're not really a priority. I think if in the media... That's the most important part. Alice, if you think, I think James covered an important point with media. What's one thing you would change either at Pembroke or in general? Um, well, I think it's just an equal platform. I just think, I mean, media is goes along with that. Right. But um, clothing, mm-hmm. I think that that is a really easy thing to change. I think it um, needs to just... It just can be a baseline. It doesn't have to be judged on appearance. It's a, symbol, it's a symbolic thing, but it means yeah, something. Yeah, it does. Um, and just, I don't know. It's all. It's like, I mean, yeah. I think that I think it's this equal platform from media to cl- to clothing to um, just the fact that women are now they started out behind. They didn't have the chance to do most of these sports and now they're catching up mm-hmm. and like Serena Williams is already beating every male tennis player so like there's going to be a point when they're just going to everyone's going to have to rec- like all the media I mean not necessarily here at Pembroke Hill but maybe it's just a matter the, of time it's just going to be a matter of time um, and I think at here we're pretty good about it I think it, we're kind of already on the um, progressive end of that. Agreed. So. At, at Yuri Heard. Yeah, go Yuri. I mean, yeah, but the, the sports that are skill based, it really, I yeah, sports that are skill based um, that really don't require like any biological. Well, let me rephrase. Um, like running, women are never going to be able to catch up to men in running right. just because of how they're built biologically. Like, um, but then other sports, like I don't know, like fencing or. Just anything that stuff, really it, it involves technique and, you know, working hard, but you're not going to be at a disadvantage because of your biology. I think those sports, they should be equal in um, who views them and how often they're watched. And hopefully given enough time, they yeah. will be. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for okay. taking right. the time to talk. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great. Look at your game, Look at your game.
That's all, folks. This episode was written and produced by me, and our music is generously provided by the Custodian of Records. Special thanks to Shayna, Gunjan, James, and Alice, and thanks, of course, to you for listening. Until next time, I've been Spencer Thutt, and this has been The Voice Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll leave you with a clip of what was cut from this week's episode. Okay, also, I, I was serious about that advice. That, like, what do you guys got for me? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm scared. Mm. How many classes are you taking? I'm taking five. So, like, my course load isn't insane. Okay. Yeah. Try to limit distract. Like, I, can't, I can only tell you stuff that you probably already know. Yeah, sure. Like, the but cliche thing. Explain like I'm five. Like, go for it. Well, Spencer, (laughs) (laughs) limit distractions, okay? Don't watch too much Netflix.